Are you a sexy, indulgent musician suffering from consistent long hours, crippling self-doubt, and constant disappointment? Well, do we have a show for you. Welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Disappointment, a bi-weekly deep dive into what it takes to be a healthy and successful musician in the modern industry. My name is Melody Kaiser. And I'm Dustin Williams. And we are both full-time musicians and creative entrepreneurs. And today we are sharing our wildest show experiences. Hell yeah. Hell <laughs> this yeah. is going to be a really fun episode, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be um, it's going to be interesting. So um, when it comes to live performance, um, there's always room for something to go wrong. Uh, there's room for error. <laughs> uh, always. Always, always. Um, playing a live show is, is just unpredictable. Um, and... Um, we've definitely had some good experiences, uh, some terrible experiences, and some very weird experiences. <laughs> mostly um, very weird. <laughs> mostly very weird, yeah. Um, so we're going to share those today with you, and um, yeah, it should be fun. It's going to be great. <laughs> All right, Dustin, you go first. What is one of your wildest show experiences? You've actually been playing live for a really long time, so mm. you've got several. Um, so this is going to be really interesting to hear okay, yeah, some yeah. of yours. Um, all right, so let's see. I think... Um, I'll start off tame first and we'll just kind of work our way up. Um, so, um, anyone listening who is from the Atlanta area is probably familiar with Northside Tavern, which is, <laughs> um, you know, does kind of a legendary venue here in the city. Um, it's a, like a blues, um, kind of a blues dive bar is the way I would describe it. Um, and, um, it's rough. It can be pretty rough. Yeah, I mean, it's rough. It's it's a great venue, but it's rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, just looking from the outside, you know, it's got this um, cinder block building look. It's got bars on the windows. It's um, it's not necessarily in a rough part of town, but it looks rough. Yeah, the building yeah. itself definitely right. looks rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, so like a lot of um, you like twenty to thirty something like professional people like who live in like maybe you know, in the city, Buckhead, Midtown or whatever, that's kind of like a hangout spot for a lot of them. Um, so, um, you know, usually people are just happy to be there to enjoy music and have a good time. Um, but every once in a while you get some people that are a little more on the aggressive side. Always. People are drinking <laughs> yeah. and doing drugs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. People do some wild stuff. Yeah. Um, so, um, I remember this time, uh, this relatively recently, probably within the past six months, um, we were playing there. Uh, it was um, me. I was playing with uh, Truett, who um, actually I'm wearing his hoodie right now. Um, so I mentioned him in, in one of the other episodes, uh, blues rock guitar player from Atlanta, amazing songwriter, uh, great friend of mine. Um, and so it was me and him and then um, Dylan, my, my our, well, the drummer for Hey Dreamer. Right. Um, and also the drummer with Truett. Um, so Dylan was there and we were we were rocking out, doing our thing. Um, and this one really, really drunk guy um, comes up. He actually comes up to a percussion player first to Tony. And I don't I can't remember what Tony said exactly that he said, but it was something along the lines of like, um, I'm not really vibing with what you guys are doing. Like basically <laughs> like asking us to stop playing. Oh, God. <laughs> like already hilarious because it's like. Okay, I mean, yeah, fair, dude. Subjective opinion. Well, also, but... though, most people would just leave if they don't like the show, exactly. not ask the band to stop. Right, right. Um, it's yeah. weird. That's <laughs> <laughs> just weird. So it starts off that way, which is already like, oh, okay. Yeah, um, he's got like a inflated ego thing going yeah. on. Yeah. Um, I don't like this. Can you please stop? Can you just stop? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so... 
Um, I guess he wasn't happy about the fact that we didn't stop or, or start playing the stuff he wanted to hear. Um, so at one point, <clears throat> he uh, lobs a beer can, and thankfully it was like mostly empty. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, if it was full... <laughs> Right, that yeah. That would be awful. Ooh, that would it's be a bad. Brick. Yeah, dude, for real. Yeah, it could really hurt somebody. Um, but he lobs this like mostly empty beer can, and it hits Dylan, um, like in the head or in his drum set or something. Anyway, you know, it's just like what the hell. And um, you know, he's like this dude's in the back, just kind of like shouting at us, and he can't really be heard because we're playing loud, and there's like people, you know, making right. noise. But we we can see him. I'm looking at him, <laughs> and um, it was awesome though because Truett. Uh, True, it doesn't play <laughs> with that kind of stuff. So, like, he saw, he figured out who it was. He just, like, got the bouncer's attention. He's like, that, it pointed to the guy, did this, like, you know, point towards the door, get him the fuck out of here. And he did. He fucking tossed the guy out. Wow. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, That's and, crazy, though. Yeah, it was It was wild. And, and you know, like I said, it's it's rather tame compared to other stuff we've been through. But still, like, it's like a scene out of, what? what is that? Is it the Blues Brothers where they're like throwing beers at the, yeah. the cage? Or Roadhouse. Did you ever see Roadhouse? Roadhouse? Oh, I've, not the whole thing, actually. I've seen it I on think TV. in both Flips. movies, there's um there's a cage involved. Have yeah. you ever played behind a cage? No. Yeah, I don't either. That's like a bad sign. Yeah, if I got is. to a venue like on a tour and they had like a fence in front of the stage, mm-hmm. I'd be like, this is going to be <laughs> It's a bad wild. sign. <laughs> yeah. For any of, uh, <laughs> of those getting out into touring, if you show up to the venue and there's a cage, like maybe don't. <laughs> yeah. Maybe be like, oh, sorry, our drummer's sick. We're going to have to drop this one. <laughs> you don't want to get stabbed during load in yeah, or something. Yeah, right. That's crazy. Well, yeah. I don't think I've ever been hit by anything. I don't think I've ever had anything thrown at me on a stage. Have you? Or was that the only time? That's the only time that I can recall. Um, yeah. I've definitely like, yeah. I mean, I've had I'll, like all the time, especially at like like wild bars. People come up and you know, like drunk college girls or or like just out of college. And I'm not saying it's just girls, but in my experiences, happen to be girls a lot. Sure. Where they'll come up and like touch my bass and like like a like ooh, look at me, I'm touching your bass. And I'm like, get the fuck off of me. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, it's just, it's creepy. It's like, hey, girls can be creepy too, guys. <laughs> like, well, I guess know? that segues, I guess I'm going to start with like one of my bad stories because okay. this actually happened to me. So mm-hmm. I was playing this show at like this local, it wasn't in the city of Atlanta, but it was like the metro area. It was mm-hmm. like, it wasn't, um, I guess it could be like, not a subdivision, but what do you call it? Like, like was it like in the perimeter still? No, or? it was, it was OTP. Okay. Um, and for those of you that don't know, that's out of the perimeter in Atlanta. <laughs> Very different vibe there. Yeah. But um, so anyway, I was playing this like cover gig, like this bar and this guy just like wouldn't leave me alone. He kept like coming up to the stage and like touching me, which is like, you know, I mean, there's like different vibes for it. You know, that was kind of a recent video that everybody was talking about, like Adam Levine, like pushed a fan off and yeah. everybody was like, if I paid for a ticket and like he acted like that I would be offended or like whatever but it really was like a little jarring because these people didn't pay $500 and he wasn't doing it in like a oh my god I love you give me a hug Mm -hmm. one time kind of way and also I didn't have security to be like all right that's enough yeah so like those the circumstances were different right (laughs) so anyway he kept like touching me and just being weird and um anyway what ended up happening (laughs) is he like kept trying to put like this like hat on my head Mm -hmm. and it was like one of those weird like um 
like Ted Nugent cowboy hat kind of situation, like the yeah. straw. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. they like are like painted and they look all like badass. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, <but laughs> that's like, subjective. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was one of those deals. Totally. And like, I have like a weird thing, especially about like people like touching my face or my hair. I mean, and yeah. like, um, Especially with like hats, right? You know, call me crazy. I don't think it's weird. Is that not weird? <laughs> I don't okay. think it's weird. Because <laughs> some people don't care. Like some people will just like put on like hats in stores and stuff. But like that's not me. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm like, people are gross. Like I don't want to get a hat until I like make sure it doesn't have like lice in it. Yeah, right? totally, totally. Like mm-hmm. that sounds like a bad time <laughs> getting lice. <laughs> and so like anyway, this guy like wouldn't leave me alone. And then he like put this hat on my head. And, like, I was super uncomfortable, but also, like, pissed off. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to be, like, you know, fuck you, dude, like, blah, 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 and, like, ruin it for everybody else. Yeah, yeah. So I was uncomfortable. And so usually what I do when I'm uncomfortable is I make, like, jokes. and like, ha, 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 whatever. And this really wasn't a joke. But to kind of not be, like, fuck you, dude, I gave him his hat back. Mm-hmm. And I was just, like, wow, I hope I don't have lice now. <laughs> <laughs> Which, in retrospect, probably was not the right thing to say, but I was, like, 17, okay? So, like, yeah, I, well, I wasn't, he was an adult man, like, touching a 17-year-old yeah. girl. Like, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. But, like, anyway, he, like, throws this, like, temper tantrum, Mm-mm. right? He's, like, a grown man baby at this point. He, like, grabs up his girlfriend aggressively. Like, that's probably not a good relationship, but right. whatever. I'm right. not here to judge. He, like, grabs her up, and they're, like, flicking off the stage, and they leave. So then the next day... I get this like call from the guy that owns the venue and he was like, Hey, do you know what happened last night? Like, you know, we got like a one star review on Yelp, which is like a really big deal for a restaurant and bar, you know? And so they were trying to figure it out. And he was like, you know, they said like, you know, that little girl on stage doesn't know who she was talking to. Like I'm in a tribute band. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, well, then you should know even more. Like, don't be a dick. Like, right. don't touch people when they're on stage. Like, th- yeah. basically, in effect, like, say that that didn't even bother me. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't make everything about you. Right. Like, if somebody's right. on stage, don't go up there, like, touching them and trying to, like, show off that you're, like, this big badass because you're in a tribute band. And I'm not saying that tribute bands are, like, bad. Like, I oh, have several friends amazing. in tribute yeah. bands. But, like, that doesn't give you the the excuse to be an asshole. Yeah, exactly. Like, to be in a tribute band, it's like, that's really never be an asshole, number one. Yeah, right. (laughs) But, like, that using that as, like, she didn't know who she was talking to. I'm like, you're just proving how much of, like, a man baby you really are. Right, yeah, totally. You sound like such an asshole right now, (laughs) you know. child, yeah, dude. So, anyway, that was um, kind of a tie-in to that. I mean, have you ever had experiences with that? Like, people excessively like touching you not leaving you alone other than just like touching your base like maybe after a show mm. or something like people uh, didn't because yeah. we deal yeah. with a lot of drunk people right mm. in shows especially on our level obviously because we're not playing like amphitheaters and shows where there's like security you, yeah and, and you don't yeah. have that like wall yeah right mm-hmm. like the wall is broken when you're playing clubs and bars so like you're constantly and it's almost expected like you do interact with like everybody like all the audience and Mm -hmm. so like a lot of times they are super drunk and i mean let's just be honest like drunk people do a lot of times get really inappropriate yeah and it's not even like normally they wouldn't do that i don't want to say it's not their fault because it is their fault but like you know like even people that you wouldn't expect it i guess yeah Um, alcohol will definitely 
mess you up, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I honestly have too many experiences where I've been like straight up like groped. Yeah. You know, I mean, and and again, I think I think the reality is it just it doesn't happen to men as often. Um, I mean, it does happen, but I think like the thing is like some men welcome it. So right. it doesn't really have the same kind of like stigma and, you know, for, for obvious reasons. But um, I mean, I've definitely it's it's happened a little bit again, like, you know, people coming up and like touching me while I'm playing or touching my instrument. Um, uh, I mean, people will like you mentioned the whole thing with uh, was Adam Levine. Yeah, that yeah. was the recent one that I saw. Right. And. And yeah, it was kind of polarizing because because a lot of people were like, "Oh, what a doucher!" And yeah, it's just like, totally. Well, like, first of all, I, th- I think, and I'm not saying I'm like a fan of him on like a musical or personal level. I mean, he's a great singer, I guess, but like, you know, I I, I have no opinion on him personally. But um, I think he had every right to do that for sure. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like it's it's because people forget. I think like when you're like you said when you're on stage, like it's almost like some people think you're now a like a zoo exhibit something they can go and touch and pet and you know interact with and you're you're there for my entertainment so I can do whatever you want or whatever I want you know and it's like no actually (laughs) like uh, first of all the venue hired me not you right you know um and second of all if this was on the street like this would be completely different you know like right you know what I mean I did and I saw on TikTok like when the Adam Levine thing happened people were comparing it to apparently the same thing happened all the time to like Michael Jackson Mm -hmm. and Michael Jackson was always like welcoming to the fans and Mm -hmm. you know but also like I mean let's just be honest Michael Jackson had a completely different experience and probably like learned a lot of things to be okay that were not okay yeah oh totally totally you know what i mean so he probably thought that was normal but like it's not well i mean he got (laughs) completely taken advantage of as a child so like from from the get-go his his understanding of like what's okay and what's not like you said was was probably quite skewed yeah i think so so like i don't even feel like that's a fair comparison well, not you know. to mention the the fact that like even even if he was okay with it and it was and he didn't have the background that he had like, you know, then that's up to the artist and you know maybe they'll maybe it's really kind of on the artist to be like hey if you want to come up like come up you know but yeah and it's yeah. also you know I mean we don't have to like super get into it but it's dangerous to perform you yes. know yeah. like people are crazy mm-hmm. and like you're well, like on a stage people want to be with you or they want to be you or they get jealous i mean not like on our level but like at that level you Mm -hmm. know what i mean well i have seen it on our level too yeah like i've been to gigs where um there was a woman actually one of your gigs with truett there was a woman who um was really into you guys and her boyfriend like was not okay with it oh really you remember that no okay i'm not gonna say the the venue okay yeah yeah you can tell me later yeah, but, um, you know, it was, like, a really big deal. He, like, completely showed his ass and, like, stormed out. And like was, he mooned like, us? Yelling. No, no, no. <laughs> that would be hilarious if Sorry. he did, though. No. That would be pretty crazy. <laughs> just drop trowel and it's just like, I feel like you. that's usually more funny than yeah. offensive. So. Right, right. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think that's, that's a... Well, that's a good point, the danger thing. So that reminds me of another story. Okay, let's go. Um, so... Um, I, 
I was playing a cover gig, um, and I want it was somewhere in Tennessee, I think, like closer to Chattanooga. It was kind of it was pretty quick, or maybe Knoxville. I don't know. It was a shorter drive. Okay. Um, and uh, it was very late. Like it was like a ten o'clock start time, kind of like North Side. So you know, very very late. Definitely a party crowd. It's one of those venues that it, it's during the daytime. It's like a country like like billiards bar and then at night it becomes like a hip-hop club so there the are client, a lot of those yeah. in atlanta oh yeah yeah tons of those yeah so like the clientele completely flips and like it's definitely a different vibe but like drunk people are drunk people no matter what so right. like you know it's not really that different other than just like what they're playing over the speakers right. <laughs> that's really the only thing um you know um but um for this show um bianca came with me um and uh we you know, we get there, we load in, get all set up, whatever. She um, she found a table, put her stuff at it, um, and uh, then we're just kind of like waiting for the show to start. I think we ordered food, so we're just kind of chilling. And then um, kind of like, uh, I guess it was when we got on stage, um, she realized like all her stuff had been moved, and thankfully nothing stolen, but, you know, she was kind of like upset by it because if you like found a table and then somebody just moved your shit, like you'd probably be a little like, what the fuck, right. you know? Um, but she didn't like really raise a stink about it. And she's like, she asked the person like, Hey, did you move my stuff? And they're like, I don't know if they responded or what they said exactly. But she just kind of like brushed it off, sat down. Um, and so re- recently too, she had just put in, um, Bianca just put in twists, like braids, really long braids. Mm-hmm. And, um, she was still getting used to them, I guess. And like, you know, was like kind of moving her head around trying to like, you know, when you swing your hair all yeah. majestic, like, um, <laughs> And I guess it like hit the girl in the face a couple times, the girl that had moved her stuff. So there was already an animosity. And now it was like, oh, you keep hitting me in the face. So right. eventually, I guess the girl like like turned and was like, are you going to keep hitting me in the face with your hair? And she was like, whoa, like it became this thing. And they were like arguing. And meanwhile, we're playing. So I'm kind of like on stage, like just like looking at this situation yeah, happening. And, yeah. I, and of course, yeah, I felt like kind of helpless. Um, but uh then we took a break and B was like fuming and, um, you know, me and a couple of bandmates were like talking to her. And then um, we came back in and um, it just like exploded. And, and, and she was like, because the girl kept pushing her, like the girl definitely kept pushing B. And finally she was just like, I, you know, this is like, fuck you basically. And it became like this, you know, kind of argument. And, um, and I was just sitting there again on stage, just like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do if this breaks out into a fight? Like, I know there's a bouncer there and I'm sure he's a big dude. I'm sure he'll stop it soon, right. but like, what's going to happen? And, um, and they didn't fight and it was, it was fine. And like, you know, I, I was definitely really upset, um, kind of upset with B too. Cause I was just like, like, why, like, why did you press the issue? Like you could have just walked away, you right. know, yeah. but, but it's, it's a, t- you know, there's a lot of sides to the story. So it's not like I wasn't, if I was in her shoes, maybe I would have felt different, you know? Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, so all that to say, like there was almost a fight. It could have been dangerous. But I found out later after the gig, I was talking to the guy who booked it. And he was like, yeah, um, you know, this is this can be kind of a rough place. Like this definitely shootings happen here quite a bit. And I was like, wait, what? Like, yeah, we could have gotten shot. We could have gotten shot over like braids. (laughs) <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah. what? And so I was, I was a little upset because I was like, dude, like, you could have at least told me. And and um, maybe he didn't because he didn't want me to be like, actually, I can't do the gig. Yeah, you know. And I might have. I mean, honest. I've played some venues where like there had been recent shootings, mm-hmm. and that's always, you know, 
pretty scary. Actually, I remember this is like a really quick story, but mm-hmm. um, when the masquerade in Atlanta first moved um, from the old location to the new location in underground, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know, like 17 or 18. And uh, my band had a show there. And this was back when you made posters and dropped them off at the masquerade. They don't really do that so much anymore. I don't feel like. I feel like. So digital now. Yeah. Yeah. Now everything is kind of. But anyway, so I had never been to underground Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And for people who don't know much about Atlanta or the Atlanta area, like underground is one of those things that's like it was really, really cool in the 70s. And then it got really bad. Yeah. In the like 80s and early 90s. And then they redid it for the Olympics and it was awesome again. Mm -hmm. And then it like got really bad again. So they're they're in the process of trying to redo it now. And I think the masquerade moving there has actually helped a lot. Oh, I'm sure. Because it's just traffic down there. Mm -hmm. But at this point in time, the masquerade had just moved there and it was still pretty rough. Yeah. Right. I like kind of knew that, but like didn't really know that. So anyway... I didn't know that there's like an easy way to get to the masquerade now. Like Mm -hmm. there's like a side entrance and it's like pretty short and all that stuff. Oh, I didn't even know that. So, yeah. (laughs) So I like parked in like the underground parking deck and like, you know, paid to park, whatever. And basically had to walk through the entirety of underground. Right. To get to the masquerade. Yeah. Which was like really scary because it's like dark is crap down there. I mean, it's underground, obviously, Mm -hmm. but like. The lights were out, like yeah. you know, or every like, like every old. other thing was yeah. like working, and it was like flickering, you know, straight so out of just, a horror movie. Yeah. yeah, totally. And like you can hear people down there, but you couldn't really see them because mm-hmm. they were like in the shadows. And I'm sure a lot of them were like homeless, mm-hmm. and you know, all of that kind of stuff. So that was super scary, yeah. Um, yeah. and it could have been a lot worse. But kind of where I was going with it is the night before we did our show, we had sold like, I mean, not a crap ton of tickets but like 30 or 40 tickets i remember and then somebody got stabbed in underground the night before our show and so like nobody came we actually had to give away some tickets to some homeless people out in the um just to get people in the door mm -hmm. wow which i don't even know if the masquerade really appreciated because it was just like a bunch of homeless people in their building but yeah well at least they got to go inside for a little bit yeah they were (laughs) super about it except for one guy (laughs) this is my fault to not even think about this or consider it and there was this one guy that was like yeah 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 i'll come like i'm gonna give the other ticket to my friend i'm gonna go get him and then like 10 minutes later we walked back around and he was like scalping him (laughs) Wow, that's so funny. I was funny. like, nobody's going to want to come to this show, dude. Like, did, you, did you talk to him about it? No. Uh, that was... I mean, at that point, like, what are you going to do? He was trying to make some money. No, no. Get I mean, what he fine. actually wanted, right. you know. But anyway, that's kind of a, you know, that has happened to me where, mm. like, people didn't come to the show because something bad happened at the venue, right. you know, like right before. <laughs> so, so, and that had nothing to do with the masquerade, by mm. the way. Um, right, right, it was right. just the the location that it's in now. But when you're in a city, that's just part of the game, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. The Masquerade is a great venue. We're actually playing there on Monday. We are, so, yes, yes. Uh, I'm and excited. we're filming this <laughs> before Thanksgiving, so it's actually Monday the 21st. But um, so we love the Masquerade. Don't want to say anything bad about them, but stuff like that does happen. Does happen, yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Well, I have a funny one, um, okay. kind of unrelated um, to anything bad but it is kind of a crazy experience that i've had at a show okay um it was like a private party right which as musicians we love private events because it's like a really cool way to like actually connect with like a specific group of people and they're really fun and people are just so nice when you 
do private events. Yeah, we, yeah. we love private events. And and not that it's like about the money, but usually private events opens up more opportunity to sell merch and like right. or make tips or something because you're interacting with people. So they kind of believe in you or, or like invest in you a little bit more. Sure. So like they're often, this is a side note, they're often used for like anchor dates on like, you know, DIY tours where it's like, okay, well, we're going to play like six venues that are going to pay us 20 bucks, but then right. we'll pay this one private show that'll pay us 500 and now we can like afford to do this. Yeah, you know? exactly. So private shows are amazing. Yeah. And this one was actually a really cool private show. So the guy owned a forklift company, right? And he um, he obviously was really good at it because his house and property were, like, beautiful. Mm -hmm. And, like, this party was, like, legit. Like, I remember, like, there were, like, canoes, like, full of beer. Like, it was, <laughs> That's like... Canoes? That's so was, random. But it was, like, really nice, like, wood, <laughs> nice canoes. Like, it oh, was shit. cool. Okay. I was, like, it sounds, like, weird, but it was, like, pretty legit. No, that's dope. I like it. Um, so... Um, but anyway, as part of the show, he had, like, built this, like, super cool stage. It was, like, really high and, you know, whatever. Um, but he was like, what if, like, we tried to, like, make it, like, really cool and not, like, pyrotechnic, but, like, special effects, right? Mm -hmm. He was like, so what if I get, like, a forklift? I'll take the safety bar off. <laughs> and Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> right. And you'll get on it playing guitar Mind you, I, it was the song that I always did with a cover band. It was like showboating, but I always played the guitar behind my head mm -hmm. to start song? this song. It was Sweet Child of Mine. Nice. Because it's easy you got to it. do behind your head. Yeah. <laughs> it's only in one position. So like people are like, whoa. But it's like, yeah. So anyway, um, I was going to do that behind my head on a forklift while it went in the air like 40 feet and then it would come back down. That was the basic idea. Mm -hmm. And I was like... Okay, so we did like a test run, right? And like I had like the safety strap or Artist, whatever yeah. that kind of like locks you in. It like was on my waist basically. And um, that way if I did lose my balance, which is very possible because yep. forklifts are very shaky. It's and, not exactly um, meant for people. Yeah, and I'm also like have like a big weight behind my head. Which also throws the off guitar. your center of balance. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, really a good idea. It yeah. would at least catch me from dying. It would, I would probably still get hurt, but yeah, I wouldn't yeah. die. So, anyway, we right we did like a test run, and it was great. Um, everything was fine. I felt good about it. So, anyway, we're in the middle of the show, and at this point, we had already been playing like probably an hour in, mm -hmm. and he's like, "Okay, like." let's do the full run and um you know he had been like drinking and like having fun and mm -hmm. stuff and um so i go to like get in the forklift right and he's like oh i was kidding about the like harness thing he was like we did that for your mom i'm not gonna make you <laughs> oh, he's God. like i'm not gonna make you uh because keep in mind too i was like 16 when this happened or something like 17 maybe mm -hmm. no i was probably 16. And I was like, ah, okay. Because <laughs> at this point, like, it was already a thing. Like, yeah. I was already kind of in it. So I, like, <laughs> got in this forklift with no safety bar. and No harness. No harness. <laughs> put the guitar behind my head. And if you watch the video, there is a video on YouTube. If you can find it, you could probably just look up my name. And it would be on the list of stuff. Somebody filmed it and, like, yeah. put it on YouTube. But, um... I am extremely still. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'm very scared. Uh-huh. Because you're like, what, 40 feet in the air yeah. or something? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... Above the stage. 
Because yeah. and the stage was pretty big, so it's oh. probably closer to like forty-five, fifty. Oh my god! Feet in the air. Yeah, totally would have died. I mean, yeah, that's like that two-story house easily. Yeah. And also, like, you know, forklifts. I didn't really realize, and he would he had been like drinking and like a little wobbly partying and uh-huh. stuff. So like, it kept like if you watch the video, you'll see it. It kept like stopping. And every time it would stop, it would like sway. And that's super scary. Yeah, it was like pretty scary. I felt no safety at all. That is why when you go to see like pink and stuff, Mm -hmm. everything is super like OSHA certified. And like Mm -hmm. she is like 100% strapped in. This was like the redneck equivalent of that. (laughs) And like literally I probably could have died. And wow. it was really scary. And when I got on the ground and I like told my mom after the show, like mm-hmm. we didn't have like the harness. She was pissed. Oh uh, yeah. She was like, "What? Why did we even do like the safety thing earlier? Like that?" She made her really, really mad. Uh yeah. Um, but, if I were a parent, I'd be fucking furious. Yeah, because like I totally could have died. It would have been in front of a like large crowd of people. Yeah, that'd be. They'd be. I like, would have gone splat. It would have been a news story <laughs> that probably everyone listening would have heard about. Yeah, <laughs> I would have been doing this from a wheelchair for sure <laughs> if I survived it all. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Yeah, so yeah. that was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so <laughs> if you hire somebody for a private party, <laughs> just... Don't put them on your forklift. Yeah, the pyrotechnic should be limited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah unless yeah. you're a certified... But see, he was certified in forklifts. He just, I guess, didn't give a shit this day right. about safety. He's just like, well, we're just going <laughs> to... I'm just going to go for it. I know what I'm doing. And I'm just like, all right. But anyway, that was pretty scary. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't think I've ever really been at risk on stage. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, like, like there's some moments where like, I mean, just quick side stories where like, you know, I, I had like one time when I was a kid, I had the like probably 16 or 17. I had the flu like really, really bad. But I <gasps> I played a show anyway, which, you know bad idea for so many reasons but very dizzy and like nauseous and like at one point I bumped into my guitar player and just like ate shit on the ground it was just like laying there like still trying to play the song and like you know it was fine but and then um uh on uh uh Warped Tour um which uh did with the uh, the Silver Comet was the name back at the time the Sagas um became the name of the band later but uh on Warped Tour um we did a uh, Arizona date and uh, it was like 120 something degrees outside that day. Like it was in fucking sane. And um, I, um, and you had the flu. No. So it wasn't something? a flu. It was like heat exhaustion. Basically. I, I was just like super dehydrated. That's didn't really feel. Yeah. It's, it happens really easily. And you know, like in any environment, but especially like out in, um in Arizona you know yeah and um so like we played the show and I was very still and just kind of like barely made it through but like I was like walking through around you know around in the venue because like if you ever if you ever been to a massive festival you know something like Warp Tour or Bonnaroo or something where there's multiple stages like it's like you know like a, a mile or two like square miles of right. just like you know property so this was like in a in a fairgrounds like amphitheater or whatever um and uh maybe a stadium of some sort or i don't know but i was like walking around like kind of delirious and like puking in trash cans every every like five minutes just like finding a trash can and i just i didn't realize like what was going on you know i thought maybe it was food poisoning or something and then thankfully um one of the i think it was just a warp tour staffer 
like somebody from production happened to walk by and see me and, and realize like something was up and, you know, brought me back to production. So I don't even remember who it was. Um, so whoever that was, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's no joke. Yeah. I mean, that can be really, really serious and deadly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Heat stroke can kill you super quick. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, I mean, I don't think I've ever been like that close to like really having true heat exhaustion. But I mean, I've definitely played shows like outdoor festivals where mm-hmm. like I would say like, oh, well, I still got to dress cool, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I would wear like basically weather inappropriate clothes. Like right. I would still wear a jacket or mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. and it's like a hundred and four degrees outside or yep. something. And I'm like jumping around and singing and like it's just been bad. Just, you're drenched like, I just, afterwards. Yeah, yeah. But you just starting to not feel well, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but usually, okay. So usually in most of the stuff that I've done, I was always the singer. Mm-hmm. So like, as far as like having like the flu and stuff, I've very rarely have I ever had to cancel, but I usually have to cancel because of yeah. like the congestion and you right. can't do yeah. your job properly. Like if I was just the guitar player, I would probably still show up and mm-hmm. just give it my best. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with singing, like your your body is your instrument. So right. when your body's not well, it's really hard to like fake that. It's oh God. Yeah. Um, so I haven't necessarily had like been sick. I did, though. OK, so this is kind of crazy. Okay. So there was this one show I was playing with a cover band and it was in this bar that is not there anymore. But it was one of those bars, basically, like you were talking about earlier, like somebody had been shot there before uh-huh. and it was like kind of that whole situation. Yep. But anyway, um, uh, it was actually my brother and our sound man because I played music with my brother. Mm-hmm. And um, they were putting up a lighting truss. And so for those of you that don't know, the truss is like that like metal bar system that has like the zigzag patterns that hold lights it shows like Mm -hmm. everybody i think has seen them but they may not know what they're called um and obviously those are metal just the truss itself is metal and depending on what it's made out of but like they're usually fairly heavy it's like really good ones i think or titanium or steel or yeah so yeah they're gonna have some weight to them yeah not as much the titanium but like still i mean it's still metal right and then um you know, just the lights themselves. Like once you get, this one probably had like 30 or I would say like 20 to 30 lights on it, Mm -hmm. which is pretty heavy. I mean, that's, you're getting up there, you know, especially because it had like lasers and stuff like that. And those Mm -hmm. come in big metal boxes basically. Right. So, I mean, I don't even want to guess how much it was. It took two grown men to pick it up. Easily, it's got to be easily 80 to 100 pounds then. Yeah. I mean, it, like, w- w- we would have to get on each side, and, like, it took two grown men to pick it up. Yeah. So it's pretty heavy. And anyway, for some reason, they extended it all the way up to, like, I think its max was, like, 20, 25 feet or mm-hmm. something. Like, and that was from the tip top to the to the base of To the of ground, it. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but they extended it before they opened the legs, so they're like trying to open the legs oh, while Jesus. it's fully extended oh my god in the air which obviously is like a bad idea but then <laughs> yeah i had a bad idea too because i saw it start to come down and instead of like running away from it i like put up my hands like i was going to fucking catch it or something oh, Jesus which was Christ. like a really bad idea yeah, obviously totally. but in the moment it just like happened it was just a reaction yeah and i just like <sighs> 
crumbled under the stress. Like it just like, oh my God. I didn't even catch it at all. I mean, it just, it hit my hands. My hands crumbled. It hit my head. It hit me in the head. And then I just like fell to the ground and was like under it. And like my mom yelled because she was there and she was like, oh shit. Freaking like, out. You yeah. know, yeah, that was pretty, it was pretty brutal to watch, I, apparently. And it really hurt. But anyway, I was fine. Like I started not feeling well mm-hmm. shortly after. Yep. And like, I, I like was like, I need to go home and like lay down for a few minutes. So I like drove home. And now, like, in retrospect, I, like, probably had a concussion. Yeah. Because, like, everything started getting, like, I didn't feel well. I was, like, Mm swimmy-headed. Like, it just... fuzzy. Yeah, it just felt, like, weird. Yeah. And, like, I probably most definitely had a concussion. That's terrifying. (laughs) But, like, I didn't go to the doctor about it. And so, like, I just went home and, like, laid down a minute. I, like, you know, drank some water. And then I went back to the show and we played that night. But, Mm -hmm. um... That was pretty wild. Like that. That's probably. Um, it, I'm sure it looked dramatic <laughs> from right. the outside. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I uh-huh. mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean that happened. So, um, you know, I have played shows with concussions. I guess apparently, yeah. <laughs> Didn't realize it at the time. Right. I know. <laughs> like I. Yeah. So I haven't played that many where I've had like the flu or anything. But <laughs> pro tip. Mm-hmm. Don't play a show when you have a concussion. <laughs> I mean, it probably wasn't a great show in in retrospect. Um, but, you know, I mean, there is that thing in show business. So, like, the show must go on. Right. Like, that really is a thing. There is the standard of that. Definitely. And and I think to a degree, yeah, it, sh- it should. It sh- it, the show does need to go on. But I think when it starts getting to the point where your health is at you're risk. Concussed. <laughs> yeah. Then maybe you're it's like time. You're, slurring your words. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you hear about it all the time, you know, like people pushing through some really bad things that they probably shouldn't be pushing through just to make the show happen or um you know like like yeah yeah i mean and but that's like you know i mean even just on like a like a simple level that's why like i always carry back backups you know for gigs and like stuff like that well this doesn't have to do with injury but what was that story you were telling me that time where like um basically like you went to like europe or something Mm. and like when you got there, like all of your shows canceled on you. Oh, okay, yeah. So, um, so this was uh, when um, the Silver Comet, which was the band that did Warp Tour 2012. Um, we uh, a couple of years later, we we kind of more like split up more for real, and it was it was me and the singer um, who like went separate ways from from the other guys, and um, we had just founded a record label between me and him and our manager um and um we like basically we got an investment and you know we we created the label and we were going to use that to fund um some touring some recording and so we decided it was was pk who brought up the idea first i believe and he was like you know I've i've been doing some research and looking into it and um, you know, like Jimi Hendrix, like Kings of Leon, he probably had a couple others that he listed off, like right. all these, all these groups, you know, like they were having a hard time making it anywhere in the U S so they decided to go to England and try it there. And it just, they blew up for whatever reason. And, um, <laughs> hi Darla. Um, so we, uh, we said, all right, let's try that. Like, let's, you know, do something different and new. It'd be fun and, and, you know, try it out and, um, so we, this was, you know, I don't even know what, what time of year this was, but I want to say it was like early spring or, or maybe even like winter, 
um, like early, like midwinter or something. So it could have been around January. Anyway, that's not the point. Um, so we we got our tickets. We hired a booking agent um, overseas, overseas, and um, you know we're like two weeks out getting ready for the trip. Um, and we reach out to the guy. And we're like, hey, you know, how's, how's like show booking going? We haven't really heard much from you. We just kind of want to see like where we're at um, so we can plan, you know, other shows if we need to. Right. And um, basically he was like, yeah, I've only really been able to get you one gig. And we had booked our tickets for like two months. So we were supposed to be touring for two months and I had like one show. And we were just like, oh, my God. But we couldn't like we couldn't get rid of the tickets now because they were so expensive. And it was just like, all right, we, we got to make it happen. Um so we went over and and there's there's like so much about this tour alone, so many stories I could tour stories is another episode for sure we yeah. could do. That's like its whole other thing cuz man have I got those. Um but uh so we get there and it's I think it was like in the middle of the World Cup too. So there's like a lot of people out um and about once we get into the city of of Manchester is where we arrived. Mm-hmm. And um, so we knew, okay, we don't have any shows except for this one, and that's like in the middle of our tour in a small town called Blackburn, um, Blackburn, England. <laughs> and um, so we basically just like gra- you know took out the guitar and started busking, and we walked around the streets. And so it, like you know it was like eight, nine, ten p.m., um, eleven p.m., and we we're just like walking around the streets, like playing music, like not even with the case open, just like walking around i think i I had brought an american flag bandana and i tied it to my guitar so it would be like yes we're american come talk to us and they loved it no it was so funny because like people would hear us and be like oh my god you guys are so good and we'd be like you know oh thank you appreciate it like you know and oh my god are you american like no way what are you doing here and it would be this whole thing they would like ask us about our trip and there is it was i guess that a lot of them were inspired by the fact that we just took this big risk um, and of course, we're sitting here going like, oh, my God, this is terrifying. What are we going to do? And, you know, from from their perspective, it was so cool. And what ended up happening is we met all these people through this, like, just busking on the streets. And so, like, pretty much everywhere that we stayed for the next two and a half months, because we ended up actually extending our trip. Um, nice. Because it works out so well, yeah, that that we were like, oh, my God, this is good. We should keep going. Um, so it was literally just people that we met on the street that either gave us a place to stay or would hook us up with gigs, which in retrospect is probably like really risky because <laughs> right. there's, you know, we were a bunch of dumb, like early 20, like 23, 24, 25, maybe not even quite there. Um, just like trying to make it happen, you know? And so anyway, at the end of all this, um, this really cool thing happened where it ended up, you know, we got uh, booked for this festival and it was like a college festival. At, um, it was like a five or 10,000 like expected so and you know which is a lot <laughs> um for a small band like us especially and um it was really dope we ended up getting um asked to be like a co-headliner mm-hmm. for this festival what? i was nuts and That's of course awesome right so it was it was just me and pk but we like wanted to do full band for this show so we right. ended up also like meeting um some like random uh, musicians throughout our travels um, this one guy named uh, Tomas, shout out my brother Tomas on the hey. drums. Um, we met him in, in Manc, Manchester, um, and then we met um, um, Ed. And I forget where we met Ed. Was Ed in Leeds? Maybe um, we spent a lot of time in Northern England because Northern England. This is just a little side note story. Northern England is um, 
in my experience anyway, uh, like culturally a lot more similar to like the Midwest and like the good parts of the South of the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, and the South of England is more like the Northeast of the U.S. So like like London, Bristol, not is it Bristol um, or maybe I'm thinking of Brighton. Um, the Southern cities basically are much more like, you know, New York or like like, you know, Philly or Pittsburgh. So or why didn't you guys stay down in the South? In the that South. sounds like optimal. Like New York is. Right. You'd think so. Well, first of all, you know, because London, London is like New York and that like you can meet a lot of people, but it's so like convoluted and it's also really expensive. So just traveling around, finding places to stay in that area was a lot more expensive. But honestly, I think what kept us up north was just that most of the people we were meeting were up there. And uh, like our first city was Manchester, which is the the northern, um, more, more northern, a lot closer right. to Leeds and Sheffield. Right. Um, and so like like when we were in Manchester, we, we were about a week there, I think. And then we met this girl on like our first night who's like, oh, yeah, I have a brother in Sheffield. Like go stay with him when you go to Sheffield. That's awesome. And we're like, OK. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So and then we met other people, you know, just piece after piece so that's honestly kind of what ended up giving us our routing like it was completely unplanned there was no like oh we have to be here at this time besides the Blackburn show yeah that's a young person's thing a young person's thing yeah. what you guys were doing <laughs> oh for sure yeah. yeah yeah I mean that's like that's really hard for like most people like most musicians to to do yeah because most musicians don't first of all don't have like financial backing like we did for that right. for that trip so like oh yeah that's right i mean it was our money but it wasn't our money yeah you yeah. know like we had an angel investor. yeah yeah and and you know the way it was structured worked you know in our favor as far as like making things happen but like it was still there was a responsibility we felt to to not like blow it all but of course yeah um but yeah definitely like we were very lucky we were very lucky to be in the position we were in um it would have been a lot harder if we were just like you know, working out of change in our pocket. But right. yeah. um, but the thing is, like, really, uh, we busking is what got us through a lot of that, too. You know, just like using earnings from that to just like That's buy awesome. food and stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I'm just thinking back on it. I'm just like, we we got there, we had nothing. And we ended our trip there with that, like basically co-headlining a festival, which was insane. That's a success story right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is wild. <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, little victories happen every once in a while, guys. Yeah. It's not all so bad. So this isn't really, this is just, this is kind of like, I guess, kind of wild for me. Mm -hmm. um, it like definitely was a big part of my life mm -hmm. for like, it still is like, I still know these people or whatever. So when I was like 14, um, my best friend in high, my best friend in high school, one of my best friends, I really had like a very small group of the core gore best friends there was three of us <laughs> so uh one of my best friends hannah i was really good friends with her family um and her mom sent me this thing that like our local amphitheater um kind of near the house or near where we lived was doing um basically kind of like a rock and roll fantasy camp but oh. like rock and roll fantasy camp the official one is like thousands of dollars to right, do right this one was like 35 dollars. sick and it was like this band that was coming through and they were called like the world classic rockers. That was mm -hmm. like their thing. The world classic rockers. That's, That's fun. Yeah. That's but nice. like basically it was like, um, you know, like just random members from like 
big bands you know mm-hmm. like it was mm-hmm. it was never like the, the singer, singer or like right. you know the person that everybody knew but um like it was like the guitar player from Stephen Wolf and like the drummer the original drummer from Journey and that's huge yeah <laughs> and like the singer that was was Santana and I remember the guitar player was from Leonard Skinnerd and you know so just like mm-hmm. random whatever so anyway I like auditioned I like made a YouTube video it's pretty cool. I I bet it's still on YouTube. It was I covered Freeze all right now. Oh, sick! Yeah, all which was right like, now. yeah. And I just I, I picked that one I think because I knew I could play it note for note and mm-hmm. like make it sound good. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, like I like passed the audition and I was like really excited. And um, getting there, I was super excited because I'm like a huge fan of Journey, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was like, ooh, I'm gonna like take my journey album and like get it signed yeah, totally. like i'm super totally. excited you know and i'm like 14 and i'm like so excited to meet these people so anyway i get there and i realized like pretty much anybody who signed up was like let in like i wasn't special for like getting uh-huh. in uh-huh. but ooh, what i did do that's insider secret i've never told anybody this ooh, but okay uh i had done my research yeah <laughs> Which is very me. That is extremely you, yeah. (laughs) And, like, I had seen, like, ah, they make everybody, like, take a solo over this, like, progression in the middle of that song Magic Carpet Ride. Mm -hmm. They're like, Mm -hmm. I like to dream. Yeah. Right beneath the sound machine. Hell yeah, it's a great song. that song. And so there's a part in the middle of that song where the drums, like, really pick up and just, like, Anyway, and then uh-huh. they did like a solo over it. Right? Nice. Yeah, yeah. So I like saw other people doing that on YouTube. So I was like, I bet that's what they're going to make us do. Mm. So I was like, I'm going to make my solo sick. Yeah. So like I put in every technique that I knew <laughs> into this one solo. I like hybrid picked. I like tapped. Yeah. I like yep. didn't stay in like my typical like pentatonic improv scale like mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. started reaching out because basically it just stayed on E minor the whole time oh yeah so, so I started doing can, some yeah. like modal experimentation I didn't yeah. know that's what it was called but I just started picking notes that sounded fancy adding in a C sharp here and there <laughs> yeah and so anyway I like pre-rehearsed this improv solo <laughs> And so, like, <laughs> fucking genius, dude. It's pretty smart, right? Yeah, because yeah. everybody, like everybody else's solo, because they hadn't prepared, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. Which it you weren't supposed to prepare. Like right. I kind of cheated. You, it was yeah, supposed totally. to be improv, mm-hmm. but like everybody else's solo was an improv solo, and my solo was like, ha-ha. like I've written this out <laughs> note for note. I've practiced it for hours, and so of course everybody was like, "Wow, that was really, really good." Mm-hmm. Anyway. And so I thought I was a really hot shit, right? Yeah. Like I'm 14. I'm yeah. like, ooh, they like me. Yeah, like I'm dude, in the cool totally. club now. Mm-hmm. And I remember like they did like a little luncheon where like we ate like ham sandwiches and like <laughs> we're, we're able to talk to them. <laughs> yep. And so, you know, I got to like talk to all of them and like, you know, it was it was fun. And anyway, what kind of came of that is like I played that night. Everybody loved it. I actually met tons of people that night because it was like an amphitheater show. So there was mm. like 3,500 people there. Wow. Yeah. And um, like there are some people that still follow me to this day from that from show. From that show. Wow. Yeah. And they're That's like, cool. yeah, we saw you when you were like little and like playing guitar with those That's people. Dope. So like it definitely was an awesome thing. But even better. Um, well, we went back to the hotel with them that night, mm. my family, because they like invited us. But 
it was like kind of a weird <laughs> hotel experience. So mm. we just kind of left because like the people that we really wanted to like talk to and meet had like gone to bed and like the other people were just getting like plastered drunk. And I was like 14. <laughs> so like I couldn't really participate. So it was kind of lame. Yeah, so yeah. anyway, we went home. But then so, you know, when I signed up for the thing, they got my email. So like a couple weeks later, I get an email from like their tour manager. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I wish I could remember his name because he was like this big, loud, boisterous New York guy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like New Classic. York Italian yeah. guy. Um, and anyway, I'm he make like you a star. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. but like big. He yeah. was like a big guy. Yeah, he looks yeah, like yeah. a bouncer. You know? Okay, or like a like a don. <laughs> yeah, like of exactly. A family. <laughs> yeah, totally. So. Um, yeah, exactly. Don Corleone. Mm-hmm. He was that guy. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, uh, he called and he was like, hey, like, we really loved meeting her and her performance and everything. We're coming back to Atlanta and we're playing Atlanta Centennial Park, which is like midtown Atlanta. It's like where the Olympics happened in 96. It's right, like a yeah. really, it's really big deal. Yeah, it's a really big deal. So we were like so excited. We were like, this is it. Like, I'm going to be a star now. (laughs) (laughs) And so anyway, like I practiced more and, you know, I was really excited. Like we got like new outfits for me. You know, it was Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. my mom was really excited about this. I love you, mom. It was (laughs) it was a good time. Hell yeah. And so um, we get there and like they gave us our own bus. So it was like my mom, my brother, my sister, everybody wanted to come to this one, obviously, Mm -hmm. because it was like cool. It had a cool factor. And so, you know, like we spent all day on the bus and like, you know, got to talk to everybody and it was just really, really fun. And then we played the show, which, um, you know, they filmed and put on YouTube Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, that was really, really cool. And it was kind of funny. So after that, I never heard from them again, mm-hmm. which was yeah. obviously pretty devastating because like yeah. you get your hopes up in moments like that where you're like, right. this is my big break. <laughs> this is where it's going to happen. Right. Yeah. And you and don't realize that like, no, there's a lot that goes into it. that's more than that. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Like right. you could play like, honestly, at, at the level that I'm at, I could play Madison Square Garden tomorrow and then still play my local pub For on sure. Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, that's yeah. just the way that it goes. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Even huge things aren't going to change it all for you. No. Like it takes a series of huge things. It does. And, yeah. and a, usually a team. Right. Totally. You know? To keep getting the huge things. Yeah, so, exactly. So anyway, you know, and and so, I mean, I didn't go into like a depression or anything, but like, you know, it was kind of like, oh, okay, well, that was fun. And it became yeah. like a thing of the past. Well, like a couple years ago now, this was before COVID and I have some really Oh, I have another fun story after this one that just came to mind. It's from the same cruise. But I went on a music cruise and it was like a lottery cruise. Right. Right. So it wasn't like, you know how you go on like music cruises and it's actually like, you know, people are there to like hear music and, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But um, this was not that. These are like people who like want to cruise by doing like the Georgia lottery or whatever. Right. So. (laughs) Um, the crowd was very different very mixed but it was so cool so like we get on the boat and like the first people to play are those guys whoa I know and And you didn't know they were going to be there no well I don't think I did I may have I don't remember but like it was cool to like see them again and Mm I because I was playing on the boat too as a musician I was able to go backstage like they remembered me and like I played with them again and like that was really fun that's cool and so like you know I got to hang out with them Cause you know, when you're on a cruise ship, like you're stuck. 
So like I got to hang out with them on like a way more personal level. Yeah, like every day. For like a week Mm -hmm. and like we would eat breakfast together. And Mm -hmm. so like it kind of did come full circle really and truly. Um, Yeah, you definitely need to reach out to them again. Yeah, that would be really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, then that same cruise, this is a crazy story and it's going to make me probably look bad, but I think it's funny. So so also on this same cruise, this um, lottery lottery cruise, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Kenny Loggins was playing. Okay. And yep, I, yeah, I got yep. to meet Kenny Loggins and he was really nice and like sweet. And I love Kenny Loggins music. Mm. Like he's way deeper than Footloose. So if Footloose is the only song, you know, like you should listen to more Kenny Loggins because he's really good. Yeah. I don't really know too much of his stuff. To be he's honest. really good. Okay. Like his songs are really cool. Um, and so um, uh, b- basically because it was Kinney's night, right? And it mm-hmm. was a port show, which basically means like Kinney's not on the boat the whole time. He flies into the Bahamas, gets on the boat and sings while you're docked. Yeah. And then he goes back into the Bahamas and flies to wherever he's going next. Right. Okay. So like he doesn't stay on the boat. Mm-hmm. So we're thinking like, oh yeah, this is like Kinney's night to play. So my brother and I, right? This was when I was in the band with my brother and family. Mm-hmm. Um, we were like, well, it's our day off. So we're going to go into the Bahamas and like have fun. Mm-hmm. So we went into the Bahamas and like went to a bar. It was like and this nice. bartender like, oh, he loved me. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was just because I was like blonde haired and yeah. like, you know, whatever. So um, he just started giving us free drinks. Uh-huh. He was like, Bohemian Raman, like, oh, like it's on me. And he was drinking with us. So I know oh, he was yeah. getting trashed, mm-hmm. but we drank a lot. Yeah. Like a lot. We mm. were taking like double shots Oof. and like we got like a lot of them. Yeah. So like, you know, we, we, we hear, yeah, we hear the music start, you know, and we're like, oh, like, let's get back to the boat. Like, we mm. don't want to miss the concert. So anyway, we go back to the boat and we're like loving the concert. We're backstage, which just automatically makes you feel cooler Always. than you are. Yeah. And anyway, <laughs> anyway, so like the concert promoter, the lady that hired everybody to be on the ship, Kenny and us, came up to me and she was like, hey, like, um, are you going to be able to play after Kenny's done? Uh, because we kind of want the party to keep going. Like, I know I didn't tell you until now, but like, everybody's out here and it would be really weird if like the show was over or really sad if the show was over and everybody Mm. left the pool deck because you know there was no music she's like so y'all should get up and do something and i'm like really drunk oh no and i'm like i don't remember how old i was but i don't think i was 21 yeah right so like Uh yeah it was not a good situation so thankfully there was another singer on the ship and i am gonna name her because she saved my butt her Mm -hmm. name was jennifer corday and Shout she's yeah she lives in los angeles i think thank you jennifer she was like well i'll sing most of the songs and we can just do like cover like zeppelin covers mm-hmm. and it will be super fun and it ended up being super super fun yeah and like just had a great time but it was mostly because like i didn't have to talk right you could if just I play the ha- guitar yeah, yeah i could be a jimmy page i can do jimmy page all day and be like toasty <laughs> i can't be robert plant and be toasty you know what i mean totally. like, yeah yeah so anyway it ended up being really really fun but that was kind of crazy um you know that is wild you know just That's like really cool though that had never happened to me like and obviously like i try not to like really drink before i play mm-hmm. like especially like that amount oh yeah so like you yeah. know that was you know just craziness yeah and, you know kind of my first experience with that well everybody kind of has to go through that too a little bit speaking right. of just like you know like maybe having a little bit too much before a gig like i've always been pretty good about it too but there's been a couple of times where i 
Like maybe I shouldn't have had that last shot. Well, it's really <laughs> easy to do too because people bring them to you. That's yeah. yeah and I, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. I listened mm-hmm. to another podcast recently. It was on Glenn and Doyle's podcast, which mm-hmm. is called "We Can Do Hard Things," and she was talking to the Indigo Girls, mm. um, who are also from Atlanta. Yep. I feel like most people know that, but um, she was talking about. I think it was Amy uh, who was talking about. It's so easy when you're doing like, especially smaller shows, to get used to like everybody brings you drinks yep. like it's part of the experience it really is so yeah, it's yeah. really easy like you really have to get to that point where you realize like okay like i need to just because they bring them doesn't mean i should drink all of them which yeah. is really hard to do when people are like oh like i bought this for you and i know that this this is what you like yeah, you know what i mean yeah, and it's yeah. like a sweet thing but and it's really easy to get carried away but yeah. you really have to be careful with that because yeah. i've had experiences with that and it's not it's not good. And it's super embarrassing. I mean, not that like anything really bad happened, but I'm mm-hmm. embarrassed by anything, you know? So like, <laughs> so like, even if I'm like a little weird, I'm like, man, I shouldn't have done that. But, yeah. 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 You know? Um, <laughs> so, so you do have to be really careful from that and it's just rampant, you yeah, know? And yeah. so I'm sure there are more people that have way more embarrassing stories than I do about that. But. Oh, I know uh, some people. Yeah. That yeah. Have done some crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I've never. Oddly enough, I've never really witnessed anyone being like just totally ripped at a show. At least if I did, like I can't recall it for whatever reason. Like, has it happened? I'm I'm sure it has, but yeah, I just can't remember. Like, I mean, honestly, I probably have and didn't know it. Maybe that's what you know it what is. I mean. Because yeah. like yeah. a lot of people, like especially if they're like true alcoholics, mm-hmm. like they can be ripped and like you don't know quite as you much. can hide it. Yeah, pretty yeah. well. Yeah. I feel like we definitely need to do like a part two to this. Yeah. Cause like we've really like, I feel like we've just scratched the surface. Oh, for sure. Well, you like know? I said, like there's, I mean, so many stories of, of like touring. Maybe the next one could be more about like tour specific, right. you know, and talking about that stuff. Cause yeah. And I do want to say like, regardless of our experiences, positive or negative, mm-hmm. like we're still out here doing it. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. We're yeah, yeah. living mm-hmm. for the next amazing experience. Yeah. And terrible experiences are just going to be part of anything you do, I think. Yeah. And, you know, this job especially is like involves meeting a lot of different kinds of people mm-hmm. and people when they're not at their best, you right. know. Yeah. So, of course, we're going to have some negative experiences. But um, for the most part, we always have positive experiences. And yeah. even the crazy negative ones in retrospect are kind of funny and like. Oh, oh, yeah. Like, I'm so glad that happened. You they, know? they build your character, you know, it's because you have to go through that stuff. Like right. I said, you have no choice. <laughs> right. And yeah, so I, I definitely think this is going to be um, kind of a series. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely look out for more of these in the future. This was a really fun episode. Yeah. And um, we definitely can't wait to share more experiences with you in the future. Um, but thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sex, Drugs and Disappointment. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave us a review and connect with us more on Instagram and TikTok at SDD Podcast. Each episode is also available in video format on YouTube. And don't forget, have fun, don't do too much, and it's going to happen. Test, test, test.